Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. And it's been a long time coming. I'm really excited to welcome back to the program Karen Ko, our co-host for The Agenda Cafe. Karen, it's great to speak to you. How are you doing? I'm well, Noreen. Thank you so much. It's great to be back on the Agenda Cafe. You know, as we spoke last week and I was about my hotel quarantine, I'm still here. I'll still be here till Thursday night and after midnight, I'm getting out of here. But um, it's great that we can put a show together uh, and restart our season because it I, we haven't done one since I left in November. It's been a long time. And you've, you're working extra hard, working during uh, your, your stay in quarantine. So what have you got for our listeners uh, this afternoon? Well, we're, today we're going to look at something, um, maybe it's not a typical agenda cafe topic, but, you know, it's related to everybody, something that impacts both our physical and mental health, which is sports and exercise. And when you think about it, you know, one of the side effects of the pandemic is obviously a heightened awareness of the importance of staying healthy. And on the other side, a side effect of social distancing and lockdowns is an awareness of it's hard to do that when you don't have access to facilities and also how much we rely on organized sports uh, and events for both our own health and fitness, but also for socialization and entertainment. I mean, you think about all the shows we did from live from the Rugby Sevens and how much fun that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just evaporated, you know, it's just gone within a year. And I think sports are sort of limping their way back in Hong Kong. They're, you know, since the pandemic began, it's been really chaotic with things shut, then open, then shut, then open in a limited way. And, you know, all the large events that were just cancelled or, or put on hold, beaches, pools, gyms, sports um, grounds and different tennis courts and everything closed. And interestingly, when the tennis courts reopened yesterday, I can look out my window here because I look over Happy Valley Sports Ground. And by lunchtime, the rooftop courts uh, on top of the football club, there were people playing every single court. The six courts was full. So it just shows you there's a huge demand there. So, you know, we've, we're almost into a year of living like this. Um, and, you know, people are finally starting to talk about it. And just a couple of days ago, AmCham, the American Chamber of Commerce, held a webinar with some key players in the sports sector and some government officials to really talk about a way forward and also looking at how we can adopt things like technology to help us. So we're delighted to be to be joined by two guests who helped organize this and can tell us a bit more about it. So we have with us Lauren Oris, who's the co-founder of Asia Sports Tech, and he's also on the AmCham Sports Committee. He's the chairman of that committee. And we also have Michael Mattis, who's the director um, of Action Asia events. So gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, right. Karen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Karen. Great. Karen and Noreen, thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> Lauren, can I just start um, with you? To, you can just tell us more about this AmCham event. You know, what, why did AmCham decide to do this? Yeah. What was the aim aim of um, the webinar? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, so the AmCham Sports Committee is part of the AmCham Hong Kong Chamber of Commerce. And as part of the sports committee, we look at issues affecting the whole ecosystem uh, at all on all levels of sports, um, really everywhere from the you know, professional sports and big events. We have all the way down to you know all of us who participate in different types of sports. And so, as part of that, we look at a variety of issues. And you know, it's there's always interesting and exciting topics with it. And this is one where, you know, a number of people in the sports ecosystem around Hong Kong were 
or asking, okay, what can we do? How do we move through this pandemic? And what are the ways that we can both, everything from reopening sports, how does that work? to what's the best way for us to to look at potential technological problems that can help or technological solutions that can help us overcome these problems. And one key thing with it is that ultimately, you know, the pandemic is not going away tomorrow. So how we deal with this on every type of level is going to be very important. Uh, in this event, what we had, we had three people uh, that were joining us uh, from the government. So we had Trisha Leahy from the Hong Kong Sports Institute. She gave us a Nice overview of what what are the elite athletes doing as they prepare for what we hope will be the Tokyo Olympics. So, what do the elite, elite athletes do? What are the protocols they follow? Can we learn from follow? Can we learn from that? Then TK Young, the Commissioner of Sport at the Home Affairs Department, took us through um, some of the things that they look at in terms of opening or closing different venues and the type. So, for example, the good news was during the event, he said, "Hey, tomorrow." We're opening all the outdoor facilities. And so now it'll be, when do we open the indoor? And then Bernard Chan, uh, the non-official convener at the Executive Council of Hong Kong, took us through what are some of the things that the government is looking at and what are some of the, you know, the, the larger macro issues, both from um, in terms of the virus itself, but then uh, even looking down the road at some of these major events, like, for example, the Hong Kong Sevens and others restarting. So it was a great session. But right. as well, part of the impetus came also from Michael uh, Michael Madness here is joining us, who is saying, okay, well, as an event organizer, what do we do? So I'll let Michael talk a bit about um, his interest in this space as well. Yeah, Michael, go ahead. Ah, well, what part do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's such a huge topic. I could start, um, you know, you, you take a look at uh, how Hong Kong's been affected. Uh, you know, I have the event business where we've had no income in a year now. Uh, you know, I have so many other friends in uh, tennis, uh, golf, to uh, different types of sports who are uh, affected to fitness gyms, etc., to fitness trainers. You know, everybody is suffering in the whole industry. And I sit on two committees actually at AmCham, um, both the sports uh, committee with Lauren and then also the innovation and technology committee. And as somebody reaching out, I was I was just trying to think, you know, what can we do? And I was lucky that I placed on the podium a few times during Trail Walker. And one time I broke the Hong Kong record beating the Gurkhas and PLA, you know, just over 11 hours. And Bernard Chan was the one who actually gave me the trophy every every year. So we got to know each other and I reached out to him and uh, and he was very enthusiastic to, to speak on the topic. And then um, Tricia, um, you know, she's just pushed herself to the limit in some of our Action Asia races to seeing her on the top of Daimo Shan at midnight out of all places, you know, training for, mm -hmm. for her own uh, purpose and reached out to her and just like right away she was enthusiastic to speak and she had recommended me to get a hold of TK Young at uh, Home Affairs and uh, reached out and then um, got a hold of Lauren. Um, and then reached out to uh, Greg on the uh, Innovation and Tech Committee. And I, I was trying to make it not just a sports committee uh, issue, even though it, it is truly a, a sports side that has been affected. But, you know, you take a look at um, a good example. I'm sure you may have heard of Prenetics. You know, they have uh, 
They do uh, the COVID testing. Yeah, they've got the COVID mm -hmm. testing. They got they they are doing the rapid testing for a lot of the lockdowns that uh, RTHK is talking about all the time. They 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 are doing the testing at the airport, and I believe they've got the rights now to do testing at Heathrow. So this is a a, a great story of a Hong Kong entrepreneur building a business. And I was thinking, you know, looking at um, the, the the testing side to. Um, digital health apps that are just exploding. Lululemon just paid 500 million US dollars for Mirror. Um, you know, and there's just so many tech ways that if people and the entrepreneurs really uh, put their brains together, there are solutions out there that I'm convinced Hong Kong people can come up. And so the idea was trying to, um, you know, get this, uh, get both sides talking, so to speak. And um, it was very successful. And so yeah. Yeah. what, what, Lauren, for you, what were the most interesting ideas or discussions that came out of it or mm -hmm. questions raised that maybe we don't have the answers to yet? Yeah, so I, I think in each space, um, well, it's interesting. So this is, uh, with, again, the name Asia Sports Tech, this is an era we've been working in for uh, three years. So it's interesting that, you know, that there was always a, a movement towards technology amongst a bunch of different verticals, everything from literally training to you know, everything from training, fan engagement, at-home fitness, uh, testing, athlete monitoring, all these different things that are continuing to grow and grow. And what's happened under COVID is this has accelerated it incredibly. And in, in fact, in one case, uh, one of the people that we work with in the wearable space with a product called or the Aura Ring, which you may have heard of, um, uh, he said that the acceleration is, he said it sped up the industry probably faster than he's seen in his 25 years of doing the business. And so what we were looking at in terms of this event, and we had about, um, we had 88 uh, people on online for this, on this webinar, which is which is fantastic. Uh, from all across the sport, well. across, yeah, sold out event, um, across the sport, across the sports ecosystem, not just here, but literally from China, we had people from China, Japan, Thailand, Singapore, Canada, the US, because People are looking to Hong Kong, which we've done well in terms of our handling of the virus, of a viruses, both last time, 2003 and now. But essentially, in terms of the discussion, really, um, from the Hong Kong Sports Institute perspective, they were talking about just the importance of protocol monitoring and bubbles. So if you think about it, both the NHL and the NBA had very successful bubbles. They were in one case, in both cases, they're using the aura ring. And what that did was it allowed it to predict potentially when people were getting sick. The, the, the PGA Tour used the whoop band and one of their golfers, Nick Watney, tested, um, showed a change in his heart rate variability. And they said, wow, he's going to he is potentially going to get he potentially has COVID. He did. And wow. because of that, they saved hundreds of millions of dollars in terms of TV revenues by being able to do it. Michael mentioned Pernetics. Pernetics helped test the Premier League. Again, how much money did they, and they had to, to restart. So at the elite level, you see that bubbles really matter. The, the whole, it, what's so interesting is it's the whole spectrum around literally not just the logistics of an event, but actually player, player safety, administrators, event organizers, all these people need to be safe. And that's not even talking about fans. So that was at that level. In terms of TK, it was very much on um, just as it, how do, what the government looks at, as I said, when they open or close. And part of it is if clearly there's a real desire to get the numbers down to zero in terms of infections, because ultimately Hong Kong is a place that 
that needs to be able to be open to different markets. Obviously, China is important, Macau is important. And so it's just being able to, you know, ultimately the, the number one objective of this is really to get the virus levels low. And then you have to look at, okay, so when do the vaccines come? And then when are people comfortable going back with it? You know, an interesting point with that, and one of the, one of the things he looks after are some of these major events. The rugby sevens had the protocols down for teams coming in, the bubble, um, how you would run the event, testing, all those things. No problem with that. What was the question? Question was, well, to make this economically viable, we need fans. And so Robbie McRobbie worked very hard to get all of that in place. Then the question becomes, can fans attend? And that's where the big question mark was, right? So they moved that, they moved the event to November. Um, and ideally, we'll be able to have, there'll be enough people that can say, hey, I was vaccinated and they'll have protected that. And so those are kind of the, some of the t- takeaways from that. But, you know, and I think in terms of, and then when we were talking with Bernard, part of it was from the perspective of, okay, what does Hong Kong do now and in the future to recover? Because mm-hmm. as a center of major events in Asia, I mean, we have so many incredible events in Hong Kong and, you know, there's dozens of events. Um, it was, it's been devastating to these, to both the operators, but also the, the audience. And then if you look even more on a granular level, think of all of us just wanting to exercise and get out in the open. So those were some of the major themes. I think moving forward, you know, as we look at these technologies and, and the Amchan's put together a working committee and anyone that, um, you know, we're, we're going to pull some members and other, other people to, into that. And we're going to look at potential technologies and put this forward to the government to say, look, here are some of the emerging technologies that can help. Um, I'm pretty active with a number of accelerators and incubators around the world, and we're seeing a lot of really unique tech solutions. I'll give you one. Um, one looks at the stadium, and they could actually years ago, they, they were at the Hong Kong Stadium. They took a photo of all the audience, and you could see who was in the audience. Well, they're now using an algorithm to see how many people in the stadium, if they're wearing masks, are truly wearing their masks. And they can actually go and check out not only the people wearing masks, but the the social distancing required. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the great innovations that are coming up. So there's, yeah, there's so much. It's it's really exciting. This was already a growing industry with huge amounts of investment, and it's only growing faster. And the good news is I think it'll help us not only do better from the perspective of um, staging events, but ultimately what's really happening, this real advancement in terms of people's recognition of their health, monitoring their health, and ultimately being able to just lead better and healthier lives. As a sector, as a sporting sector pivots, you know, and, and tries to grapple with the coronavirus, we're seeing gyms are sort of shift because of the closure of the gyms, they're sort of shifting. Yes to a more online format, you know, you're able to join yes. in classes virtually. What about in other yes. sectors? What about in other areas of sports? How are athletes, for example, adjusting yeah. to the coronavirus? Or even Michael, sure. how are your events adjusting to the coronavirus? Because it looks like this is a very smart virus. It's here to stay. Even with the mm-hmm. vaccinations, um, people will still have to live like this for a while where people are socially distanced. We're going to have to wear our masks. Um, so how are the rest of the sporting industry sort of catching up with this very smart virus? It, it, it's going to be very tough. I mean, I think uh, one thing that came out of this um, was uh, a couple of polls that we did. Um, I don't know if Lauren's got the polls in front of him, but, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, uh, are we allowed to release that, Lauren? <laughs> um, they, no, the, the, main, the main thing on the polls was that 
people were the majority of people. Sorry, uh, I would say first past the poll voting. Uh, voting. Yeah. But uh, the the number one response is how many times would you be willing to be tested to be able to participate? And the number one answer was once a week. Yeah. And so this That's... rapid testing protocol is is I, certainly I just... something that'll be there. I just didn't know if we were allowed to release that information, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it was a it was it tells you how people really want to take part in events right now. You know, they're willing to go so far as being tested once a week, which is just it just tells you, you know, they're they're dying to get back and and, and do sporting events right now. Um, I mean, in terms of my industry per se, which I, I specialize uh, on, on on the hiking, the running, the trail running, etc. You know, you take a look at the country parks, they're double, if not almost triple the amount of uh, hikers right now. And uh, just take a look at the trails and all the dust coming up now. It's just it, it, like I, I've been on some. Tra- I mean, I've lived in Hong Kong 31 years and I've never seen some trails so worn out so fast, you know, and it just tells you, um, you know, you can see that if you run a, a particular route on Hong Kong Trail or Lantau Trail regularly. But yeah. You know the work. The work-life balance is is crucial to one's sanity. Um, you know, as Hong Kong, you know, people are becoming depressed. They're sad. Um, you know, that leads to poor decision making as results. And you know, we've all talked about the mental health aspects of it. And uh, you know, I guess you take a look at uh, exercise as a whole. You know, from the the chemicals in the brain, from the the, the dopamine to the endorphins that it releases. It kicks out the the stress and uh, other chemicals in your brain that uh, you don't want. So there's there's numerous benefits of, of fitness and, and sports, and I'm sure RTHK's had numerous guests on talking about that. But I think, and we have a lot of know, health it, experts sort of saying, you know, that that the, that the risk of it being transmitted outdoors is very minimal. Is it frustrating that you know, knowing that against the backdrop of all the restrictions? Yeah. Um, is it frustrating? And were you sort of able to convince uh, TK Young or Bernard Chan, you know, people in the industry, uh, sorry, people in the know that, you know, maybe it's time to relax some of these measures and, you know, maybe allow playgrounds to be open at a very minimal level so that children and, and teenagers can can exercise outdoors? You know, when this uh, AmCham event started, uh, Bernard Chan cracked a joke saying, you know, this is almost like a two-hour topic. It's just so <laughs> wide. There are so many perspectives, as, as Lauren has mentioned. And yeah. I think one of the things <clears throat> that uh, we probably will focus on after is trying to break this down into more uh, uh, manageable uh, areas to focus on, as it's just a, such a huge topic <clears throat> to go in. And and even even before I discussed this um, with, with Lauren and, and Tara Joseph at the chamber, um, I was considering, you know, should we reach out to uh, Professor Cowley, the, the epidemiologist at the Hong Kong University that, uh, you know, Hugh has had numerous uh, times on ben the morning Cowling. Ben Cowling, sorry, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I have heard him be quoted saying, he is not aware of any cases that have uh, been found in the outdoors, you know. Um, I think and him and Ivan Hung, also from HK, you have also said yeah, that. I, I don't want to get him in tr- any trouble. But uh, <laughs> I, I did uh, notice just like noon today, I was running down to Admiralty and, I, you know, I, I'm packed on the MTR with uh, numerous people around me. I go past some outdoor restaurants. There, there must have been 40 people squished together, lined up, trying to get their takeaway lunch. 
yet I'm thinking of the beach and uh, people like Doug Woodring, good friends of mine, he's screaming at me like, Michael, this is ridiculous, you know, and uh, can't we have something like the um, the swim and go, uh, surf and go strategies that Australia has implemented? And, you know, this AmCham event was so um, packed with stuff that we didn't even have time to go through a lot of that stuff. And I think, as Lauren mentioned, that's one of the yeah. objectives is to go forward. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think it's, you know, Hong Kong is 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 um, like many other dense urban cities, um, but maybe worse in this perspective because people do live in small apartments mm-hmm. where you don't have space to set up a home gym. You know, you're not going to fit a weight yeah. set in there or a treadmill, um, and you probably you may not have a balcony. You definitely mm-hmm. don't have a backyard. Um, you know, people who want to cycle, it's pretty dangerous to cycle in Hong Kong, except for you know very mm-hmm. very limited areas we may have to hold that thought for a second we've got a break for the 2.30 news but we'll return to uh, this very interesting uh, discussion uh, on today's agenda cafe do feel free to join us on facebook live as well noreen mayor on rthk radio 3 is the page to go to and uh, welcome back to the agenda cafe on today's one two three show with me noreen mayor and karen co on this friday afternoon we're talking about sports and it's very important because it's something that is great for our mental health as well as our physical health and i'm really delighted uh, to be joined uh, this afternoon by lauren orris who is the co-founder of mm-hmm. asia sports tech and amcham sports committee chairman along with michael maddis the director of action Asia events. Uh, do join us on Facebook Live as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. We talked a little bit more about uh, what's happening um, uh, with some sporting events. Lauren, I'm, I'm quite interested to know a little bit more about your background. You have a, a special interest in sports and tech. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yes. So, um, no, essentially, I, you know, similar to Michael, I've been here a long time and are in the region. So I first started out in 1989, helping to open the Sky Dome Stadium in Toronto, which at the time was a technological marvel because it had first actually fully closable roof during there. But essentially um, spent some time in the region and realized that Asia was growing from both a sports and a media perspective. All the satellites were going up in the early 90s. And really was there as part of the different waves of the business. Uh, in 1995, I was first guy, the first person that they hired at the NBA, and I watched the early state, help build out the early stages. Literally three of us were in the Lippo Tower, uh, building out, building the brand and building the game in Asia, and you can see where it's gone to. Spent seven years with IMAX, working in the entertainment business, then went back to the NBA right in the mid-2000s when just after Yao Ming had been drafted, you started seeing the USA men's team come through. You had the Beijing Olympics, which was another big push both for the NBA and as well for sports in general. So really, my interest has been seeing the different waves of Asia um, building the sports industry, the consumption around sports. And then what I'm really encouraged seeing is just the amount of just participation in sports. Throughout. You see it all throughout the region. It is literally exploding. You look at the number of people that are doing marathons that are just grown massively in China and around the region trail from a couple hundred to several well. thousand. Trail, oh, trail running is huge. <laughs> we're seeing uh, trail running is huge. Cycling yep. is becoming, we're seeing tons of that around the region. And so you're seeing as you go up the value chain, you're seeing more and more of this. And so there's an excitement there. Um, several years back, I was running an EMBA program. And what we did is we were doing a lot of work around innovation. And I realized, boy, there's innovation happening, but look at what's happening in the sports industry. And if we can combine that innovation, sports, and the growth of sports at all levels, 
wow, it's going to get even bigger and better in Asia. And so that's really where the interest came from. And essentially what we do is we look at market entry for sports technologies coming into Asia. We do innovation strategies for organizations of all sizes. How do you incorporate more of this tech and more of the sports there? And then as well, we do commercialization strategies to build them. And because of that, we've been able to raise money for companies in Asia and from around the world who want to do more in this space. And so it's, it's a really exciting time. It's a challenging time for the world, but I think that we've been lucky with these technologies have really helped people to still at least mentally and seeing the sports on, on you know these major sports we follow. So we've had that to keep everyone's mind off of some of the challenges. And now we're starting to see these technologies. It's really the democratization of, of sports tech, if you think about it, because things that are available for the pros are now available, like a company where we work with called Kinduck, the very same tools that the pros are using, everyday consumers and, and all of us could be using these tools to monitor our health, to train better, to train smarter. So it's it's an interesting time. And despite the challenges, I think it's going to help us as we get closer and back to normal. But one thing's for sure, uh, sports have been transformed by ever forever with this. And I think many of the changes have been, have been very good for sports and really around people's focus on their health and mental wellness. That's such yeah. a good point, Lauren, because I have yeah. seen sort of, even if you go around the park or go around trails, you see the mm-hmm. older aunties and, and mm-hmm. older granddads, they're also wearing sort of these watches just to track yes. their health. And it's really interesting to see uh, oh, an yeah. entire generation, uh, people of and different yes. generations using these yeah. tools. All the, all the distance trackers. They, uh, yeah, there you go. Wow. And, and, and Asia, Asia yes. is quite yes. interesting. Asia is quite interesting in that sense because, you know, we've really the, the what's so exciting being this part of the world and what we share with people in other markets, you know, North America and Europe is that Asia often leapfrogs other markets. So, for example, in China, it went straight. You know, if you think about what happened in China, there really wasn't VHS. It went straight to DVD, for example. Mm-hmm. And then think of the, you know, consuming entertainment everywhere else. We laid these crazy amounts of cable. And, you know, you, you know, either had all these systems. No, China went straight to the Internet and it actually even jumped further, went almost straight to mobile. So if you think about it, this part of the world has got some of the, mo- the best innovations. So we're going to see more and more of these innovations coming from here. And people here also from a data perspective or from a phone and a data perspective are actually very curious about doing new apps. So, for example, look in China for everyone every one uh, social media platform in the west there's four or five in china so that acceleration is going to really drive this business and the greater bay area is going to play a key focal point in that Uh, if you look at tencent across the border even dji it's used in sports you've got here uh, michael was saying Prenetics, and definitely their testing is fantastic what else you know they work on a number of other things and even a, a company called home court which helps people track their shooting so, I mean, which is also a Hong Kong company. So we, it, it's an exciting time to be here. And so that's part of what we do at AmCham is we we very much, the, the committee explores these topics. And it's, you know, it's great because it's not just Americans who are there, it's people from all over the world are able to join. And so from that perspective, but the key to all of this is that it's gonna take some time before this virus disappears and um, everyone, you know, it get, returns closer to normal, I'll say. And so in that sense, I think it's just important. We were talking earlier, Karen, where, you know, people themselves look after themselves, work out in some way, whether it's a home at home, a walk, a run, whatever you can do. It could be, you know, there's and there's lots of apps to guide and help. 
then your family, look after your family and everyone around you and, you know, have that opportunity. Talk about what's going on. And then also eat properly because that's a huge part of everyone's physical fitness. And so I think we'll definitely get through it. It would be great to see the Olympics happen, of course, because I think that'll really rally the world that things are are, are returning closer to normal. And and I'm I'm pretty pretty uh, I think pretty strongly that they will happen. They'll find a solution for it. Probably mm-hmm. be one of the biggest sports bubbles ever. The ten thousand athletes and five to ten thousand coaches and people around the game or around the sports will be there. But it's going to be a I think it's good. It would be a great global party to celebrate the best in you know human performance and achievement, and and will inspire millions more from that. I think it sounds well, like it's, Asia it's, is such a good market um, to, to to be in at the moment. I'm just yes. wondering whether Hong Kong, the, the appetite uh, in in Hong Kong, whether we have enough domestic sort of demand for these sporting events. I mean, take the rugby sevens for example. A lot mm-hmm. of the the audience, just going back to something that um, you and Michael were talking about, um, a lot of the audience for the rugby sevens come from overseas, and as long mm-hmm. as there's the quarantine measures uh, in place, yeah. are people willing to sort of stay twenty one days in a hotel and then come out to watch the rugby yeah. sevens? But, oh, <laughs> can tell you we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see on that. But you know, it's one of the funny thing about the sevens is yes, there are people that come from overseas, but. I think just the demand in Hong Kong alone is massive. It's always a very tough ticket. It's very hard that's to get right. tickets, right? And finally, we can all watch that, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. no. And there's, you know, there's, there's. Um, so, so I think what you'll see. I mean, it'll depend at that point on what are the social distancing requirements. So it could be that it's ten percent. So there's ten thousand instead of forty thousand people there. That would still be great to see. Mm-hmm. And again, that's something that Robbie, Robbie McRobbie and his team are working on. Who knows? It could be there could be some protocols in place. If you have proof that you've been vaccinated, you are allowed to attend. Who, who knows what that is? But in terms of, you know, Hong Kong is um, Hong Kong, both here and as part of Greater, Greater Bay Area, has so many great events. We've had world championships the last couple of years. So one of the things that the technology, again, will help is people reset and look at how to, to interact and promote sports, because. I know that that's a key part on how do we promote with all the there's been a huge push in social media as well on how to bring fans closer. I was on a panel. There's a great panel that we work on with a we do sports tech matters out of Singapore, uh, part of the all that matters conference. And part of it was a lot of really interesting things in fan engagement because everyone said, okay, the players are back playing. But what about the fans? They can't go to these stadiums. So one of the companies we work with, it's, it's really, really interesting. These guys. What they do is they allow you to actually have augmented reality, right? It's called immersive IO, but they have augmented reality as you're watching the event off your phone. So you kind of look and all of a sudden in front of you is it. And so what they're trying to do on every level is how do we engage more? Um, Other apps where or programs where there's one we're working with where you can actually see and measure yourself against what a professional athlete in your sport does. So, for example, in, in Michael's with trail running, you can find out who what are the best trail runners doing in that same. What would they be doing as their pace? Right. And so, or how high well, do Michael these Madison stars, himself. So stuff will grow? Yeah, Michael Madison, well, himself, not, of course. So, I mean, yeah. You know, we're talking about international events, but why not yes. start with local events? I mean, there are hockey teams in Hong Kong. Yes, everybody lives yes. there. There's lots of rugby yes. teams in Hong Kong. Why not have a domestic tournament? Um, the, that where, was yeah, um, yep. Or, or not even. Idea. I mean, are it's you talking about? You test as players, as coaches, as managers, um, yes. 24 hours before, 
go to the, have it at the football club. Yes. All the spectators have to be tested 24 hours before. And at least you have a starting point. Because, and that's, when you think about it, that's yeah. what they were able to do in Australia with the AFL. They they moved all the teams out of Victoria yes. to Burnham Park. Yeah. And their families for the entire season. And they were able to have the grand final, you know, a month later than usual with 25,000 spectators. Yeah. So Aaron, that's a great point. Okay. It's just everyone yeah. has to agree that, okay, let's try it. And I just, you know, I just wonder whether there's a willingness to try to, to do something even small to begin with, you know, a tennis tournament. Yeah, tennis has to be one of the safest sports. Yeah, yeah. Non-contact non, non sports. Non uh, yeah. that, that, was yeah. brought, that was brought up yeah. in the and that has a much yeah. higher likely than contact sports to, yeah. to given. And I think, I think, I think um, the trial and error does, does play a part. But on, on the tech side, you know, it would, one thing that I've noticed, at least going back to the hiking and running, which we're being forced to be pushed into the country parks in Hong Kong because everything's been closed, is network coverage and it'd be interesting with the huge demand now on the networks if the communication authority of hong kong will push for us like a super wi-fi or a 5g or are they going to throw the ball back into the telcos you know the csl the hutchison uh, china mobile and leave it up to them which they're just yeah, I'm, I'm sorry but i think they're dragging their feet you know i mean that i myself who's organized over 280 events in 10 countries you know i i have logged thousands of kilometers on the trails in Hong Kong. And I know all the dead spots and I have numerous conversations with the agriculture and fisheries. I've made many complaints about dead spots. They just push me to go speak to the communication authority. I speak to them. They say, well, what tower are you near? That's that's that one's owned mm -hmm. by uh, PCW CSL. Go speak to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then of course, you know, they're not going to spend uh, a few million dollars in upgrading the tower for a, you know, a few hikers, but this was, seven eight years ago when i when i went through this process now it's considerably different you've just seen the the demand triple quadruple in the country parts so i think that was one thing mm -hmm. that would definitely inspire entrepreneurs in hong kong if they knew there was some sort of super wi-fi uh in the country parks then a lot of the entrepreneurs would start mm -hmm. looking at um technology technological technology uh, app solutions, there would be more incentives to create new apps that are going to benefit health, safety, uh, as with running. And, and from an organizer perspective, you know, we could see digital markers on all the trails. Right. So that would mean mm -hmm. you can take your mobile phone um, and not have to worry about trying to figure out how to use the GPS and, uh, you know, find your way around the course, just like setting up a Garmin inside your car, you know, turn left, 400 meters, turn right, <laughs> yeah. 300 meters, you know, and, uh, and save me, you know, an organizer, the headache of marking the course, you know, just tell everybody to download the app. And and that technology yeah. is here now, you sure. know. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, you're going to see, you know, the technology change super fast. But uh, there, there's it, it so much is. on the tech. Yeah, we're not, I haven't got into, you know, stopping at, a, at an intersection and take your mobile phone, a QR code in the middle of the country park, you know, to find mm -hmm. your, your way. Um, mm -hmm. That would solve many of these accidents that we've had in the country parks from a right. safety standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, well, yeah, there's real time app that shows you this trail right now is super crowded. <laughs> it's there. It is there. Yeah. It is there. Yeah. That technology they exists. Yeah. Yep. No, it exists. We, we work with one that does it. It's not so much, uh, it's called, it's a great app called Running City. And 
what they do it's more guided tours but in in it's often denser places but that can be adapted and that's one of the things we're talking to them about they do everything walking hiking biking and uh, we're in discussions with a number of companies to do that and so you know the, the, again this is is here but i think karen to your point and it's dead on is that you know it's going to be a while i think until people travel and it's not so much that it, it i mean they can but again 21 day quarantines there's so much regulation so it, it'll be bubble you know be bubble to bubble and it's going to be challenging but again why not focus at home and you know i remember when the when it would have been last february so almost a, you know, it was a year ago just realizing it was a work one working one day and i just went wow like this is going to take some time like really and remember i was at the that point i was watching a concert and i thought when's the next time that someone's going to when people are going to be able to be that close together at a concert even and so you know if you think about it, as we restart okay what does that look like what are the protocols again health and safety of the players health and safety of the fans what does that look like and the one thing that i think has been great if you think about um hong kong um taiwan korea these countries that really like um taiwan and korea had sports up and running again last march and april and why because they had done a very aggressive mask wearing protocol they had the numbers down low enough and they had spectators in the in watching games it'd be great to get to that point and why because they wear masks and the numbers came down but also that protocol of wearing a mask is important so hey why not be able to have these events start up but just be very safety conscious and you know and i think that it's part of it too is that we learn you know what are the things that really work and then we can apply those and get back to where it feels more normal to to watch but i mean i'll tell you one thing can you imagine how great it'll be you know not just watching on tv the, the olympics for example but back and seeing live events here on a yeah. large scale would be phenomenal and you know right now ideally right the one that's kind of out there is the hong kong sevens that'd be fantastic even if it's 10,000 or it's 10,000 with a mask and another 10,000 have been vaccinated whatever it is but hey, those I are great things to think about I would be happy to see some high school kids play. <laughs> also, it, well, exactly. There you go. So get even. You're right. It's it's on the more on the more local yeah. level. I I think when it opens up, we'll see that. And so, you know, that's another part with the whole sports in Hong Kong. As I was saying earlier, we have so many great sports going on, and you know, there's there's discussion about okay, how do we make sure people know more about these different events and these sports, not just necessarily the global ones, but how do we know more about those? And I mean, that's a whole other topic I'm happy to, to talk about. There's ways to do that because, you know, there's always something great about watching sports as well, participating, of course. And so myself, I play ice hockey here and, you know, I think we, we won't be playing for a little while because it's indoor and it's contact, but, um, but you know it's just i, I miss that like crazy right I didn't so even realize but, there was an ice hockey team here in hong kong yeah, yeah there's, the, wow. there's a thousand yeah. a, over a thousand players there's about 1200 players here wow. yeah, people yeah there, there's from two the new rinks team. have been yeah. two new rinks have been built one in um discovery bay another one in chunkwano um so you're seeing that growing uh with the olympics and you know you're seeing it even in the region there's a big new rink that's been opened in shenzhen um, so you're seeing growth there. You're, I mean, there's there's so much. This is what's in, you know, you just have to go into like a decathlon store to see how crowded it is with people <laughs> buying sports equipment, right? And this is the exciting part about what's going on. Yeah, also action X, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, all these locations, right? Of course, uh, this weekend, Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday in yes. Tampa Bay, Florida, which is far as a terrible COVID hotspot. But, you know, if you look at yeah. what the NFL's done, 
Um, mm -hmm. The players are tested and the whole team daily, every single yes. day. They have been all season. They're yep. going to allow, I think, again, 25,000 spectators. Yes. Um, and you know, if it, I'm, you know, I'm praying to God that it works because if it works, yes. it shows it's done. Same with the Australian Open tennis tournament. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of controversy and hiccups with players being upset about quarantining because somebody on their flight came down with COVID. Yeah, but they're yes. getting there, and you know, hopefully yep. they can pull that event off. Um, mm -hmm. I just wonder, you know, there is, there does seem to be in Hong Kong. And Lauren, you referred to it earlier, you know, uh, an aim of getting to zero cases, which may not be realistic. You know, it's just, it's just mm -hmm. got to have a slight tolerance because mm -hmm. there are going to be people who are asymptomatic and that's just the nature of this virus. Yeah, um, I, yeah. You can manage it, you know, you can. And, and our case numbers compared to other countries are very low, right? Very low. Yeah, I, you know, on that front, you know, the, the thing that's always interesting with, with watching the numbers is the trend is kind of the key on that, right? So it's like when it comes down and it's a low number and it just is consistently low, they go, okay, that's, you know, we're not getting, I think with the magic number is something like more than one, one person passing it to more than one person. That's where it starts to go exponential. There's some mathematical formula they have. Mm -hmm. And so if it can be less transmission levels of less than one, no problem because it's kind of staying stable and down. It's when they start seeing these spikes, like, you know, when we went in the fourth lockdown, I knew that group, because I was a huge group, was going to get larger and larger because you could just see where the numbers were going. And that's the key. So, again, is it manageable? And, you know, again, Hong Kong's such a, if you think about it, there's so many different, it's such a, it's such a transportation hub, right? That there's people coming in from all different places. And part of it was just figuring, I think, working through that. So we'll have to see where that goes. But clearly... I think at this point of the, you know, it's been a year of opening and closing. And I think there's definitely been lots of people expressing concern about, okay, how can we work through this? But, you know, again, it's, it's, it's that um, one of the things we'll do with this, this working committee, it's going to be practical solutions. Like Michael was just saying, in terms of Doug Wittering's idea of in terms of going, you start at one side of the beach, you swim down and you get out the other side, right? Makes mm -hmm. sense. There's yeah. social distancing, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be practical solutions because there's lots of those of course, that need to be applied. And then there is some tech stuff. So for example, um, there are a number of companies that come out with, and Michael know more about it, but running masks that are easier, to, they're still protective, but you can run in them. I know Under Armour's got some and others are building them. So it's, you know, this is where it's a really, it, it's, it, it's going to take just a lot of, you know, practical ideas, use of technology. Technology only works if it's with a good solution. And then everyone just being vigilant and careful themselves and and then when we do get together, making the most of it, because sports yeah. are key. Sports and fitness and health and wellness are, are right. a huge part of our lives. Now we realize how much, the, how important, if we didn't before, we now know now how important they are. Yeah, how precious it is. How precious yeah, it um, really is. Actually, let me just ask you both, Michael, In so since the pandemic began, how have you been keeping fit? Have you been able to do all the things you normally would do, or have you had to adapt? Uh you know, I think the frustrating thing is going into a trail uh, early morning or late at night, uh, not late, but, you know, early evening and, and, and the trail is like your, your own. And, and now you have to readjust your schedule to like, you know, uh, perhaps even close to midnight, you know, when it's very, you know, uh, just to be able to run the speed you want to. Um, the waterfront is, is uh, mm -hmm. very interesting because 
some days you could not find a runner. You could find, you know, the occasional jogger, you know, some hiker, walker, people doing their morning Tai Chi. But now it is just a wall of people running. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's just so popular. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been interesting. I would say uh, not as um, not as not as fast in terms of speed uh, that you can go but you know hey you know at least we're, we're getting outside and getting exercise so I, I, I'm gonna be happy about that why but, are there more runners are there sort of because of COVID are more people sort of paying attention to their health and fitness or is it because these are people who normally do other things and because there's nothing else open they I, are, I mean yeah. where are these runners coming from who are they you know, I, I'm not going to take a guess because I don't know, but I, I imagine there's a huge mm. amount of people that go on running treadmills every mm. single day in Hong Kong. And you look at you look at all mm. the fitness gyms across Hong Kong, and now all of a sudden you take all those people and put them into the outdoors. That's just a very small percentage. And then there's other people that maybe they cannot do their favorite exercise, and they're being forced into the trails as well. Um, so some of the the mountain tops in Hong Kong. You'd be lucky if you saw five people up on a top of a mountaintop, and this is, and we're talking like the peak of a mountain. And there's been a few cases where I literally have seen over sixty to seventy people in in wow. like a thirty meter area on top of a mountain top, and it's just it's, it's crazy. I've, I've seen pictures of Dragonback, yeah. and it's normally a very busy trail anyway, but you know it's really yeah. extra busy during COVID yeah. times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And finally, what about you then, yeah. Lauren? How how are you sort of keeping yeah. fit? So, so a lot of it, a couple of ways, um, ice hockey, when I can, of course, I'm a goalie. It's, you know, pretty, that's a great, you know, it's a great time, um, but still not enough. And so a lot of hiking, but a, a lot of hiking. And I think there you just have to kind of push yourself when you're out and doing that. And then the other piece is, you know, a key part of it, just your overall wellness is just eating more, eating better and more, you know, much more healthy way. And then the final one that, that is massively underestimated of which a lot of these new devices look at is sleep just being much better with the amount of sleep, you know, the amount of sleep I get. We do a lot of calls in North America, which is obviously late night often, but, but just more sleep is, is a key part. So, but a lot, yeah, as I said, a lot of hiking and, you know, it's still, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when we come out of this, you know, like was saying a lot of people on treadmills and stuff, and then they run outside that will be, I think part of the, you know, it'd be interesting to see what patterns to develop. Will people go back into the gyms as much, Will they like, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see kind of a hybrid. We're going to see people in gyms, but they've also discovered the great outdoors and working out in groups outside. So you're going to see that. And in terms of just the overall fitness industry, I think what we're going to see is an even closer integration with how, you know, people's lives. If you look at the gyms, a lot of them are looking, how do we reinvent ourselves? And part of that's going to be that integration, the digital, we, the term we're calling is digital, right? Physical and digital. How do you link them together? Yeah. It's a, a great term we have a, a group so like even things like virtual races right virtual runs even if we can re- they can return so the virtual run could be used in preparation for a big event but people actually just being able to work out where they are because it's convenient and so they don't maybe they do a, a marathon a year well you could be doing mini versions or smaller versions of, of an example or even using that virtual platform for gamification so we've done stuff with one of the companies who work with a company called lively what they do is they do virtual mi- runs with the likes of the Star Wars brand. They've got one going in Marvel. So these are all around Southeast Asia. They're getting great response because it's just getting people to move. So yeah, you've got like kids Pokemon. doing it, parents. Like Pokemon. Okay, well, that's another one, right? Remember the Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, so that's part of this this group called Lively. They're doing some 
really interesting things. And they went from the physical world of running events, like all marathons, triathlons, you name it. And they said, you know what? This is good. There's lots of people that are doing these. What about the, you know, these virtual races? And how do we make them fun and gamify them and make all these really unique things? Kind of like a Pokemon where there's group challenges and exercises and all these things. So that's a group Going we work from with. from places and, to places okay. and GPS tracking you. Ex- and you, exactly. You have to cycle for, for some of them because the distance is so great. Exactly. You can't really walk. So you <laughs> could do that. Geocaching, right? These things where you go and hide something. You got to go find it. Like it, It's like a giant scavenger hunt. Um, yeah. Other ones, there's where there's one that uh, murder mysteries where you show up and either it's virtually there in front of you or technically there's someone standing there Although again, you still want social distancing, but this is this is going to cause. I mean, there's so many unique things. Like think of countries like Indonesia and the Philippines, where people if they wanted to go do a marathon, I'd be like, what? It might be Manila, Cebu, Jakarta, wherever you know, Surabaya, Lion, all these Michael, places. Michael, this might be a topic now we need to revisit. We we have to yeah. end the program. Well, that's right. Okay, good. Uh, no Lauren Norris, thank you so much yes, for joining us, the co-founder me. of Asia Sports Tech and AmCham Sports Committee Chairman, along with Michael Maddis, the Director of Action Asia Events. Many thanks uh, to right. you as well, Karen. Have a great thank weekend, you, everyone.